Blog Talk Radio. and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. We're going to jump right into the America's Funnest, Newest Game Show. So, Mike, go ahead and take your phone and drop it for us. Sit it down. Go get okay. a beer. We're going to play right, America's okay. Funnest, Newest Game Show, The Secret Word. We're going to take uh, America's Funnest. Yeah, you got your phone down? Okay. The Secret Word is so, so. So basically the way this works is, gang, uh, whenever Mike says the secret word at any point throughout the, the evening tonight, you just uh, man up and you, you take a drink. Am I good the to go? There it goes. We're all gonna, we're, you, you back, Mike? Am I good to go? You're good to go, my man. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Red vs. Blue Fantasy Sports Radio, wherever you may be. Thanks for making us part of your night. I'm Scott Atkins, team legacy in the world of high-stakes fantasy football. As always, joined by the big blue co-host from Brandenburg, Kentucky, Michael Trent. Mike, you got to be blue right now. Uh, I'm red with uh, this love that I have for these seniors in this senior class of Louisville. Russ Smith drops 42 on Houston tonight. Another big win. Yep. Uh, what do you think about these Cardinals, and can the Wildcats make a run here late in the season? Well, you know what? Last uh, last weekend, uh, actually, I posted uh, my final five, and that included Louisville. Louisville's playing really good basketball. I mean, they just – they're not just beating teams. They're annihilating teams. It reminds me of uh, when uh, Patino used to do that with uh, Kentucky. But what they're doing is, you know, they're using Russ Smith – and uh, Harold, I mean, these guys are just—they're uh, killing teams. And so, uh, you know, I—I I expect Louisville, uh, honestly, to uh, be—they uh, might sneak in with a number one seed with Villanova losing, and that—that's—that could be very huge. Big difference between a one and a two right now. So this could be a big situation or, or a good thing for them. Uh, Kentucky, uh, they're. They're really showing themselves out tonight. I, I like the way they're, they're playing. Uh, they're playing a good game against a opponent that they've all, they've had a tough time with uh, both games this year. So uh, you know it, it's it's fun and uh, it's it's March Madness. A lot of a lot of fun a lot of fun things happening in basketball and especially around the bluegrass. We are in the full time fantasy studios. This episode brought to you by Bud Light, King of Beers. Or is that Budweiser, King of Beers? This is taste great, less filling, right? Uh, I don't know. They'll, 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 no, I got, I got a Miller Light that's taste oh, great, less minute. filling right here, if y'all want something. No, no, that's a long time. I, I, did, I didn't even look at my sheet they sent me. Superior drinkability is what it is. Superior drinkability. Thank you, Bud Light, for being a sponsor of the Red vs. Blue Show. Okay, 
Mike, this is a free agent frenzy has been going on. We're going to talk about all the free agency that you need to know. The Dynasty Football World Championship, lots of stuff going on there with the mock drafts. Everybody's trying to trade and wheel and deal and determine the value of these rookie picks. So we're going to take a look at that. We've got daily NBA going on right now. We've got baseball drafts coming up. I mean, it's a really crazy time. And we're going to start, uh, and we also have a big announcement for the Roto Bowl contest, Mike, the 10th annual Roto Bowl that yeah. everybody loved uh, playing in last year. It was a smashing success last year. And uh, we've got a big announcement we're going to, uh, we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, but first, we're going to start with free agency, Mike. And, and I know you've been uh, working a lot this week, and, and so we're going to try to catch you up on everything that's been going on and still get your take on things because I know you've got an opinion here. Uh, sure. So let's go ahead and, and, and get it started right off the bat. Uh, at the quarterback position, I think it's I think it's easy to start at the quarterback because it's a very short position when it comes for free agency. Oh, we got the uh, yeah, we got the we got the music there now. Uh, as a first, so you name must think I'm gonna say is, something. No, it's Josh <laughs> McCown, Mike. Josh had a fantastic year last year with Chicago at the late in the yes, season. Yes, he did. Now he's with Lovey Smith and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They've already came out and anointed him the starter. A two-year deal was reached with the Bucks. Now, we think he beats out Mike Glennon. The coaching staff thinks he will as well. But do you think this is here to last? Was that – I mean, look, he had Alshon Jeffrey and Brandon Marshall and Matt Forte in the backfield. He's not going to have that in Tampa Bay. Well, exactly. And it's going to be it's going to be a whole different situation for Josh uh, because he, he won't have those, uh, those things going for him. I think I think the biggest gun, the best gun they have going for uh, Tampa Bay is uh, uh, Glennon. Glennon is, I mean, he's impressive. Uh, the matter of fact is, uh, Josh is shown that he can, uh, you know, he can definitely, uh, he can win. He, he can be a winner, but it's got to be in the right circumstances. How good is Tampa Bay's line? Is it good enough? You know, I know that Tampa Bay went ahead and got uh, another running back, so. You know, there could be different situations that could make Josh look good, but will it be the right situation for him uh, in Tampa Bay? I don't think so. I still say Glennon is the best guy for the job. Well, let's put it uh, let's put it this way, Mike. You can go to fftoolbox.com and you can check out the depth charts. You are going to see that the cupboard is rather bare uh, for either one of these quarterbacks. Now, Josh McCown entering his 11th year. He's not going to have Alshon, Jeffrey, and Brandon Marshall to throw to, Mike. What he has to throw to is one guy and one guy only at this point, and that's Vincent Jackson. His number two wide receiver is kind of a head case, may not be with the team by the start of the season, Mike Williams. Then you have Pequon Underwood, Russell Shepard, and Chris Owusu. Okay, there's not a lot left here. They're going to okay. have to bring in some help, and that's why everybody's hoping that they take Clemson wide receiver Sammy Watkins with the first pick right. of the draft. Now, if you have Watkins on one side and Vincent Jackson on the other with Doug Martin in the backfield, uh, you have a little bit of a better situation for one of these guys to succeed in. Let me catch you up on his ADP. Right now, well, Josh McCown, before this trade was being – or before this free agent pickup, he was being drafted at the 27th round of the FFWC draft. It's PPR League, 27th round. In Dynasty 20-rounders, he was not being drafted. Now, that will change after this move. Two years, $10 million, Mike. Well, the the one thing about it, though, is which quarterback has the biggest gun? You know, if you're talking about a young wide receiver, you want a gun thrown to you. You don't want Josh McCown thrown to you. I'm sorry. Josh McCown, he he can throw, but he needs help from his wide receivers. Glennon got a gun. He wants uh, wide receivers that can run routes, run them precise, and boom, and on it. Because Glennon has a gun that I've – it's been a long time since I've seen a gun like he. 347-324-5404 uh, is the number. Just chatting with some guys on Twitter here. Uh, okay, let's talk about another quarterback situation uh, that we've been monitoring here, and it's Michael Vick, Mike. There's not a lot of uh, uh, movement or interest – public going on for Michael Vick other than the New York Jets. The front runner is the Jets. It's to serve as the backup for Geno. He's got the whole Marty Morningweg connection going on. Vick's apparently cold to this idea, Mike. He wants to start. 
Now, if you brought in Eric Decker, I'm just going to, first of all, is a two-part question. First question, you got Eric Decker, which we're going to talk about here in a minute. Is it it's a better situation for the New York Jets if they have Michael Vick or Geno Smith? Just answer that question. Uh, Geno Smith. Okay. All right. Uh, the second part of the question is he wants to start. Other options include the Buffalo Bills and the Oakland Raiders. Do you think he's an improvement for either one of those two teams? No. Okay, so you basically think Michael Vick should be out selling cars or something. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes, yes, exactly. I, Michael Vick is done, okay? I'm tired of talking about Michael Vick. He's done. Uh, if if a team wants to pick him up, chances are within three weeks he's going to get hurt uh, because he has a uh, sore toenail or something. I, I, I'm done with Vick. All right, well, let's move on. The only other quarterbacks worth really talking about, and they're not really. Matt Castle resigned, staying with Minnesota. He re-signed with the Vikings two years, $10 million. I think they are going to draft a quarterback, so he'll be there to groom whoever it is. You also have Ponder still on the roster. And then Josh Freeman. Uh, Oakland appears interested and may have found their day one starter if they can't get anything else. The Oakland's still a mess. So the quarterback position very thin this year. There are obviously going to be three or four teams drafting quarterbacks very early in this NFL draft. Three yeah. in the first round, maybe four if A.J. McCarron gets some love. A Jimmy Garoppolo, maybe a Derek Carr. One of these guys will probably go in the second round. So quarterbacks will be very busy in the NFL draft, but not in free agency. Okay. Other players as quarterbacks, Matt Schaub, uh, Brandon Whedon, and Campbell were both cut in Cleveland. And the Schaub thing, Mike, he looks like a candidate yeah. for Cleveland where he would groom that rookie quarterback that they select in the first round. If they drafted Johnny Manziel, it may not – I mean, look, in today's NFL – we know what they do. They like to throw them right to the wolves, and I can see Cleveland doing that with any of those quarterbacks. But Schaub would be a, a decent stopgap to kind of transition that quarterback into the NFL. Well, you know, that's a good point because uh, Cleveland, historically, like you said, they have thrown them to the wolves, and how many times does it work? I mean, we can go back to Tim Couch days. It, it does not work. Uh, so this would be a, a real good stopgap uh, for them to try to – you know, a transitional period uh, because, you know, I don't think Matt Shaw, in my opinion, is Matt Shaw worth a roster spot, a starting quarterback roster spot on any 32 teams in the NFL? I say yes. He is on one of the teams that's just trying to find the fit. So this this could be the fit for him. Yeah, uh, Anita Jag in the chat room, IPS driver, does bring up the fact that they do have Brian Hoyer. And I think they would bring Matt Schaub in to compete with Hoyer. But Hoyer still is – I don't know if he's going to be healthy for the start of the season. We'll have to, we'll have to look that up and, and find out. He could be a starter uh, in the NFL. I do think he has that skill set. I, I really enjoyed watching that kid play. For the very brief period of time that we had him uh, hooking up with Jordan Cameron there early on, that, that, was, uh, that was pretty nice to see. Okay, let's move to the running back position, Mike. Running back has been kind of asleep at the wheel this year because the big names at the top have not signed anywhere. The top three free agents on my list were Ben Tate, Sean Moreno, and Maurice Jones-Drew. Now, yeah. let's start with Moreno. It's been a complete uh, silence front for Moreno. He's a mystery so far. The Dolphins appear desperate for help at the RB position. It seems like a logical landing spot, but you're not hearing anything about no Sean Moreno, Mike. Why do you think that is? You know, I I really don't know why. Does he think he's going to come back to Denver? I mean, uh, I, you know, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, it's it's real it's real surprising. Uh, you would you would have thought something would have happened. I mean, once four o'clock Tuesday hit, you know, I thought, man, everything's going to really happen within a twenty-four hour period of time, but it never did. So. Uh, uh, Moreno, uh, Ben Tate, uh, Jones Drew, I mean, all three is just kind of in limbo there. So I guess teams are trying to figure out uh, exactly what they want to do and what direction they want to go in. Uh, ben Tate's the other name you just mentioned there. He did meet with the Browns on Thursday night. The Browns have been interested for quite some time. I mean, they were talking about him last year, not only in this this offseason, but last year, saying they could wait for him to get cut and, and you know grab a Ben Tate. Again, very quiet on the Ben Tate front. Uh, 
these guys I don't think are as worth as much as they think they are. Then the last one there that I mentioned, Maurice Jones-Drew, he's visiting with the Raiders today. He already did. Now, the Jets are rumored to still oh, be God. interested. Uh, <laughs> what do you think about MJD? Is he going to look better in Jets green or that Oakland silver and black? Well, I'll tell you what, he would look he would look a hell of a lot better in Jets green than silver and black right now. That silver and black's got issues, bad issues. Um, you know, at least at least the Jets are trying to improve themselves. But yeah. uh, Oakland, yeah, I, I, I don't know what's going on with that. They're giving it a shot, I guess. Darren McFadden staying in Oakland. McFadden and the Raiders agreed to a one-year, $4 million deal. I think the only the only guarantee in there was like $150,000. I mean, it was a dirt cheap deal. McFadden yeah. looked around the market. The market was completely cold to McFadden. Nobody wanted a part of a, of a back that can't stay healthy in the NFL. That's the worst thing you could possibly have. You're not going to pay for that. So he's staying in Oakland. He gets a chance to prove himself. The zone blocking scheme that we all thought was uh, the problem or the solution that we don't know because he hasn't performed in anything of recent. LeGarrette Blunt still uh, is going to test the market, but the market, again, I think will be a little cool. I think he'll end up staying in New England, and I think he represents pretty good value, Mike. Right now, he's being too. drafted very, very late in the, uh, in yep. the FFWC draft. I'm seeing him drafted very late. Uh, I'll pull one up for you, but what do you think? You think LeGarrette Blunt has earned himself a role on this team? Yeah, he did based on uh, based on what he did for the uh, latter part of last year. I believe he's uh, getting drafted in like the 13th, 14th round, maybe even a little bit later than that, Scott. Um, okay. so based on what he did, the latter part of uh, last year was uh, fantastic. And, he, I mean, you know as well as I do, uh, Belichick, it doesn't matter what week it is. I mean, it could be his time. It could be his day. And, uh so that can make all the difference in the world as a fantasy owner. I would not personally draft Blunt any higher than uh, round 12, 13, 14. But uh, still, I mean, he's he's an option. Good job, Mike. Yeah, you nailed it. Uh, the Hardcore League, Wayne Ellis selected him just a couple of days ago. The running back, the 47th running back off the board, that's good value. I don't care. Uh, 47th running back off the board for LeGarrette Blunt. Even though he doesn't catch passes, he'll still have big games in that offense. 12th round, 12-6 for LeGarrette Blunt in front of guys like Ivory, Sean Green, Mark Ingram, Quiz Rogers, David Wilson. Uh, I like that. I like that value for LeGarrette Blunt. No matter if he does, no matter if he does it or not, it's it's, it's all about right. value with a pick like that. Uh, Rashad Jennings, Mike, new digs. Goes from mm. Oakland has a great second Love. half of the year. Arguably the best player that Oakland had last year was Rashad Jennings. He tore it up in the second half of the season. When McFadden went down, the new team, the New York Football Giants, the Giants and Jennings agreed in principle to a contract, and uh, I don't have the details on that deal for some reason in front of me. If somebody has them in the chat room, that'd be great. But uh, Mike, this was a guy that I had just dumped off. I'll be honest with you, I dumped him off in my dynasty twelve fifty. Uh, I, I polled everybody, I talked to everybody. The fantasy community was cold to Rashad Jennings, looking at huh. his age. I mean, he's. He's about the same age as Maurice Jones-Drew. What is he, 27 or so? Uh, and 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 he uh, he came on late. So, the the yeah, I dropped him in the FFPC Dynasty. I mean, I hung on to younger guys like Rick Rogers for him. And now, all of a sudden, he lands in an excellent premium situation. The yes. situation couldn't be any better. And they're calling him a three-down back. So, big mistake on my part. Rashad Jennings lands in a very good spot. He could be pretty successful, I bet. Yeah, he, he was really never given the opportunity in Oakland uh, until uh, you know when uh, uh, when when Woods' handle got hurt. Uh, but I mean, yeah. But once he was given that opportunity, I was like, wow. I mean, this guy can run. He's solid. He's durable. I mean, he he yeah. wasn't durable earlier in his season, but he he has been or earlier in his career, but he has shown the fact that he can be durable. And uh, he wants the ball, and whether it's uh, you know running or out of the backfield pass or receiving, he can do whatever it takes. Uh, I think this is a wonderful opportunity for the New York Football Giants. And furthermore, this team is going to be back. 
Let me tell you, New York Giants will be back this year. Well, let's talk about Rashad James real quick. He will be a starter in your lineup all season long if he's in New York. And if he beats out David Wilson, which might not be very difficult considering how, you know, how he looked last year, potential starter in, the, in a split backfield in the, to the Raiders to a potential starter in a split backfield with the Giants. But, with the, I mean, as long as Wilson doesn't break out, I think is the way Matt DeLima put it, he, he's going to be a flex consideration all season long. Now, just to catch you up, the average draft position, he's going at 8-1 as RB32 before this, before this move to New York. At 8-1, RB32, that's going way up. Dynasty ADP, he was going 14-9 as running back 53 off the board. That's obviously going way up. Four years, 14 million. I didn't have the numbers on that earlier. Four years, 14 million. Let's move on to another surprising running back, Mike. Toby Gerhardt, Minnesota Vikings, new team, the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jags have reached an agreement with Toby Gerhardt, and it's big. Three years, $10.5 million with $4.5 million guaranteed. Now, Mike, for me, uh, that really kills my Jordan Todman love. I had a huge man crush yeah. on Jordan Todman, right? We, always, we thought that he could be the next Darren Sproles. We called him that, right, uh, here on this show. Right. So that bandwagon right. is kind of cooling off. But 27 years old, at the start of the 14th season, He's basically peaking. He has good pedigree. He's always been successful in Minnesota. Mike, what's not to like about Toby Gerhardt? Is he really a featured back? Is he really the type of back that you can rely on for 100 yards a game? Uh, can he get you 25 to 30 fantasy points a game in Jacksonville? Can he do that? That's tough. That's tough. That's tough. Well, the, the, I mean, I like Toby Gerhardt, but, you know, he, uh, as a low-end RB2 maybe, but, uh, I, you know, I just don't see him getting the amount of points week in and week out that I would be looking for in, in another uh, another running back. Listen to Mike slipping in the low-end RB2 talk. Way to go. Uh, three years, $10.5 million, you're paying him to be your starter or at least a majority ball carrier in that offense. I think they'll use Jordan Todman a lot out of the backfield uh, in third down rolls. I think they'll use Gerhardt in first and second and goal line. But I don't think he's going to get the, pe- the the reception workload uh, that you know probably comes with that starting job like MJD had. I think they're going to use Jordan Todman for that. You also have the weapon, the offensive weapon, Denard Robinson, the former quarterback of the University of Michigan, Mike. Both those guys are going to be there. They're going to get some work. But Gerhardt's in a good situation. The problem is the Jaguars don't get a lot of red zone looks. It's not Minnesota. You're not going to get the touchdowns right. and those carries that you got in Minnesota. So decent, but he'll be one of those guys that you'll question whether or not you can put him into the lineup uh, week to week. Absolutely. Uh, Donald Brown, Indianapolis Colts, goes to the Bolts, the Superchargers, man. The Chargers signed Brown to a three-year, $10.5 million contract, another $4 million guaranteed. Our Colts insiders got this one right for us back on February 7th. Uh, Randy 420, uh, Hungry Hippie, a couple of the, the Colts insiders here in Indianapolis, they said that Donald Brown would not be back in Indianapolis, and they were right, Mike, so... Uh, what do you think about Donald Brown? It's a crowded backfield there. Ryan Matthews is still there. Darren, um, Danny Woodhead is still there. Very crowded backfield for sure. Well, I tell you what, it it, it really surprised me uh, because the way that Ryan Matthews finished the year. I, you know, I talked on the show last week how uh, how well uh, Ryan Matthews finished the year last year and uh, how high I am on him coming into 2014. I really. I really look forward to Ryan Matthews having a big year. Uh, so when they signed Donald Brown, that, that kind of surprised me. But, uh, you know, it's going to be split backfield between uh, Ryan and uh, Donald Brown. Uh, Danny Woodhead, he, he's going to be pretty much a wide receiver, in my opinion. He's going to be a third-down wide receiver and uh, and a darn good one at it. So uh, is there enough room there for Donald Brown? Absolutely. But I just still feel like that – Brian Matthews is going to be the featured back because they're afraid of injuries. Donald Brown can slide right in. Yeah, you, you, you said it fairly well. 
Brown, unfortunately, no fantasy value whatsoever uh, unless there's an injury ahead of him on the depth chart, right? If Ryan Matthews goes down or Woodhead, there will be some fantasy value there. He does have a, a sense for the end zone. Uh, they brought him in to spell Ryan Matthews from time to time. You know, you don't want Ronnie Brown in there as your third guy. You'd much rather have a Donald Brown in there as your third, your third guy. Actually, you could call him and Woodhead kind of a split, I, w- I would imagine. But look, Matthew saw over 300 touches last year. So I imagine if you've, if you've learned anything about Ryan Matthews, you want to keep this guy as healthy as possible for the stretch run, and you're not going to do that if you're giving him the ball 300 times. So it's a good move for the Chargers. I think they shore that up. They, didn't, they did it at a fairly cheap price, three years, $10 million. And uh, you, get, yep. you, you, know, you take him away from the Colts. So uh, you take him off the market for somebody else. Redraft ADP, Donald Brown was going at 8-9. I think that's going to plummet. RB35, that's going to go down from here. And Dynasty ADP, 1710, uh, RB65, I think that's going to go down. I, I would venture a guess that he's not even drafted in the 20 round startup drafts here in May coming up, Mike. I'll bet you Rodonna Brown uh, has a chance of slipping past that 1710 mark uh, that we right. just saw. Uh, Jonathan Dwyer, new team, the Arizona Cardinals. Bruce Arian gets his former Steeler running back to a one year deal. To me, Mike, this is a ringing endorsement for Andre Ellington, who I have oh, as a wow. top five potential back this next year. I don't think I think if you uh, if you really wanted to fix Andre Ellington and you were afraid of Andre Ellington leading your team, you would have went after a bigger name than Jonathan Dwyer. Okay, so good yeah. move for uh, Andre Ellington owners. You're pretty happy about that, and and uh, I think that's uh, pretty much the end of the story here. Jonathan Dwyer. He's an occasional fill-in. He may not even make the team. One-year undisclosed deal. Just to talk about Arizona a little bit, I mean, this team uh, at the beginning of 2013, beginning of last year, I mean, they had high aspirations of really, uh, you know, really, you know, making it further than what they did. And uh, they just didn't. But uh, Carson Palmer, I mean, he played well. And let's face it, you throw in a fresh Andre Ellington, watch out. Yeah, my thoughts exactly. Matter of fact, you know, I started to take my first pass at the rankings, uh, our, our 2014 fantasy rankings, Mike, and I started to put the numbers in, and I'm looking at Andre Ellington, and I mean, his yards per carry off the chains, 655 yards on 120 carries. That's crazy. He had 41 receptions for 381 yards. You know, light on the touchdowns, but you think he's going to improve on that. He's going to improve on the touches. Well, I mean, and this is a guy that can literally catch 70 or 80 balls in this offense, Mike. Anytime you have that, you couple it with a back that could get you 200 carries. Look, he had 120 carries last year. Don't you think this back, don't you think Andre Ellington could carry for 160 carries easy and maybe even 200 carries? If that's the case, Mike, Ellington Ellington could be a top five running back in the league. Absolutely. And the reason that uh, what happened last year is, the organization, the Arizona Cardinal organization, in my mind, in my opinion, they felt obligated to give the ball to Mendenhall. Give the ball to Mendenhall whenever they could. And, you know, it got to the point where everybody was sick and tired of them giving the ball to Mendenhall. They, people were screaming, give it to Ellington, please. And yeah. so now uh, with Mindy uh, off, off, you know, he's out of the radar. So now it's uh, Andre Cern. Yep, totally agree. I'm really, I'm all about the Andre Ellington train. So don't get left behind on that guy. Uh, uh, let's move on. James Starks still hasn't been signed. Washington, Arizona, Buffalo, Miami, all possibilities. He could even return to Green Bay in the end. Just not a lot of market there for a, a running back like James Starks. Although he is a veteran, I could see him going somewhere that needs a veteran. Like, for example, if the Titans lose Chris Johnson and they're not able to re-sign him, I could see him bringing in a James Stark, just a, just a veteran on the team to mentor some of the other. They, they do have Sean Green, yeah. too. But, uh, yeah, I'm they have Sean Green. But... Go ahead, Mike. What, what about Sean Green? You yeah. Want, you want to talk about Green? No, no, not at all. Oh, okay. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, Ahmad Bradshaw staying in <laughs> India agrees to a one-year deal. Stay with the Colts. I like this move. I think Bradshaw is a, is a is a very still good running back in the National Football League when he can stay healthy. Uh, he and he is a warrior. I mean, if you remember all the injuries yep. that that guy played through in New York for the Football Giants, uh, he's tough. 
He's really a tough son of a gun, and, and so uh, I think Bradshaw could still be a contributor to a team that's going to use a rotation, likely Trent Richardson, Vic Ballard, and uh, Ahmad Bradshaw. They could all get equal carries this year, Mike. I'm not kidding. All three of them could get equal carries this year. Yeah, it looks, it looks that way. I still think that they're going to uh, find a way to make Trent Richardson the uh, – you know, the feature back, but uh, let's face it, it's the NFL, and the NFL's changing right before ours. So, uh, you know, there's going to be a, a lot of balls to go around. So it it depends on, you know, the the game situation and what it takes to win the game. And if, it, if that means Trent, if that means Vic, it, you know, whoever it may be. Man, this has been one free agent frenzy. It all started with this trade. Darren Sproles from the New Orleans Saints to the Eagles. They thought they, were, they weren't going to get a market for Sproles, and then all of a sudden, hey, they get a little interest in Sproles. They say, hey, don't release him. Washington's like, don't release him. Eagles are like, don't release him. There's a couple of teams coming at him. They're like, well, maybe we can get a sixth-round pick for him instead. Then they're like, well, shoot, maybe we can get a fifth-round pick. And then they start to ask for a fourth-round pick. Well, finally they decide to take the fifth-round deal that the Eagles offered them uh, a fifth-round 2014 pick in exchange for Darren Sproles. Some people have said that the move bumps McCoy down from the top overall fantasy pick. Just because, look, uh, receptions are a big part of McCoy's fantasy value, and Sproles is surely to eat into some of that. Even if he plays at wide receiver some, he should eat into some of McCoy's receptions. Now, I think he'll also keep him fresh. Uh, you're gonna get, you're gonna utilize Lashawn McCoy without a doubt if you're Chip Kelly. So it's not like he's gonna fall off the map or anything. Uh, dropping from the second overall pick to the third, <laughs> not a reach uh, when you bring in Darren Sproles. Do you think this affects McCoy at all? Do you think it makes him better? No, I think I think it's gonna make him better. I think Djax is gone. I think it, I think it's gonna make the entire team better because Chip Kelly is no idiot. And he's got he's starting to develop something that uh, Pete Carroll did about three years ago in Seattle. Pete Carroll did it more more so on the defensive side. Tip Kelly's starting to do it on the offensive side. Nick Foles and the entire offensive scheme of Philly is starting to fill in. Let me tell you something, Darren Sproles. He's got more than one or two years left in him. He might have three or four, and he will fit perfectly in that system in Philly. And you better watch this team. I am wow. As a Dallas Cowboy why you, fan why did you why did you say uh why did you say Djax is gone? I wanna I wanna hear more about that because I have something to say about I that. just I, I because I've heard some reports that uh he's not happy and uh he he's not gonna fit in there and they're going in a different direction. Okay. Well yeah that's kinda we, we didn't hear exactly that but we did hear from one of our insiders. Look FF Toolbox Nine million unique visitors, 120 million page views. Uh, been in the business for 17 years. We get we get the occasional phone call, and one of the phone calls we got uh, early this week was that the decision had been made that Deshaun Jackson is out. Deshaun yep. Jackson is out, and now the, sometimes these things take time, right? They don't happen overnight. But once the coaching staff and the front office brass decide that a player is gone. They have to figure out how to make it happen. First of all, you've got a fan base that'll be absolutely irate if this something like this goes down. They have to be, you know, kind of massaged a little bit. So, hey, bringing in Darren Sproles, very smart Philadelphia. You get to live high yep. and you, get, you know on this news and and bask in this glory a little bit for the good 24 hours here. Uh, but what we're hearing is that this deal is still in the works. They're finding the right partner for this deal. They're fighting the right partner that'll pay them. Uh, in a trade situation, and the name that keeps coming up is Andy Reid, Mike. Andy Reid would like uh, to reunite with Deshaun Jackson, and if that happens, uh, and they can get that, uh, they can find a reasonable compensation back in return uh, for Deshaun Jackson. Chip Kelly's kind of had it with his antics, with his attitude in the locker room. He's, you know, he's on a very short leash, but it's not easy to release a player that's meant so much to Philadelphia. Uh, so you're not going to release him. You're definitely going to have to find a trading partner. And whether that happens in this free agency period or it happens in the pre-draft, we are assured at FF Toolbox that Deshaun Jackson will not be a Philadelphia Eagle come the start of this season. So that's 
that's where that's yeah, our stance. That. Uh, it, it really made a lot of people on Twitter crazy this week. They just couldn't even stand to hear it. The Philadelphia fans, especially these guys, uh, you know, look when. What, what can you say? When, when you hear a news like this and you, and you let it out that that's what you're hearing, uh, they want it to happen right then and there. I, I, all I can tell you is that's not how the NFL works. You're going to get the compensation that you deserve before you do anything. This is We're talking about millions of dollars. Uh, so out is out, um, not off the team. But he's in the doghouse, and, and they, uh, they, they appear to be going the other way. So, yeah, that's very yeah, big. Pierre Thomas, go ahead, Mike. No, no, you're good. I, 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 I agree. They're going away from uh, D-Jack. So, uh, Pierre Thomas, what you got on Pierre Thomas? Well, look, you know, he's, uh, he's not a free agent per se, but he's staying in uh, New Orleans, and he was on the verge of getting cut or traded, but he agreed to a two-year deal. So this kind of cools the Jets on our Kerry Robinson love, right? We were very high on Kerry Robinson, uh, the hype train yep. for now. But Pierre wasn't very impressive. When I started to look at the numbers last night, again, I started to do the rankings for, uh, for FF Toolbox last night. I was up till 2 in the morning, and I just I was getting lost today, man. I was just, every player was just interesting to take a second look at. And when you look at Pierre Thomas, he's not the same Pierre Thomas that we, we, uh, we've, we've no. known to, you know, be super impressive. So, Kerry Robinson, Mark Ingram still on that roster. It would not surprise me in the, in the least bit to see both of those running backs outperform Pierre Thomas uh, in 2014. I'll just say that. Mike, let's move on to the wide receivers. We've got a lot of them to get through. Uh, I mean, the list is long. At the top of the list, it starts with Eric Decker. He goes from Peyton Manning to Geno Smith. Uh, Decker signs a five-year, $36.25 million deal with $15 million guaranteed. The draft stock for uh, Decker, it surely has to fall going from Manning to Geno but I think he'll still find a way to put up high-end wide receiver three numbers, and I think he's got wide receiver two upside, Mike. Oh, uh, yeah. Wide well, well, receiver three, I can see. Uh, wide receiver two, no way. Uh, man, I just can't understand sometimes these players and what they're thinking. Um, Eric Decker, Funny. He, he could be in a position. Do I? They all he cares about is the money, man. Five years, thirty-six million. Yeah, well, you know, some I know, but I, I just don't get it, man. I, Eric Decker is going to a team that's going to be lucky to win six, lucky to win eight the next year, lucky to win ten in two thousand sixteen. You know, I I don't get it because he could be with a team that. Well, anyway, they opened up well, their back row to get. Defensive help, and, uh, you know, Denver's got a good shot at winning the Super Bowl. Well, he gets his wife, uh, Jesse James, gets her in the Big Apple. He gets his $36,000 to live in the Big Apple. And, look, I, saw, I heard the interview, you know. I heard the interview. He said, look, I did my research. Uh, Morningweg, uh, it really, they really believe in Geno Smith, and he really came a long way, played through injuries. Uh <laughs> And, and I'm like, wow, does he believe any of the words that are coming out of his mouth right now? Does he believe any of this? Because you did it for the money, Decker. You did it for the money. You didn't You didn't stay. Yeah. You, didn't, you, you, know, you weren't going to stay in, in Denver because you definitely outplayed the contract there. But, uh, but he's you know in the what? Big Apple, he, but, and but, he, you know, they're going to make a run. Yeah, I mean, you know, I won't say going to make a run. I mean, it's going to uh, – Definitely improve. I mean, they're the going to make a run in free. They're going to make a run in free agency here. That's that's what I mean there. Yeah, they're yeah, making a run gotcha. free agency. Uh, probably try to get a tight end but, in the draft. Maybe Evron. They may even try to target a Jermichael Finley coming up. They as, they still are targeting Marissa. Uh, as, as much as this might, uh, you know, this might not go over well with a lot of the listeners. Uh, you know, I started thinking about what Denver did. Uh, with their uh, defensive uh, improvements and things like that. But uh, I'm still thinking that Peyton Manning is not a good playoff quarterback. But anyway, we don't need to hear it, Mike. ADP for, for okay. Decker is 5-4. Dynasty ADP is at 4-1. <laughs> Wide receiver 19, Mike. Uh, so those numbers have got to go way down. If you're a Dynasty owner, yeah. you're absolutely devastated. You're devastated that he landed yeah, in the worst situation be. possible. So, 
But uh, I'm glad I don't own Eric Decker anywhere. But look, uh, there are some there are some reports out there. If you read uh, some of these reports out here, I know I'm not going to name drop anybody, but there's some reports out here on uh, on some of these fantasy sites. They put together some studies. Decker's done it with some subpar quarterbacks in the past. He's looked pretty good with uh, a guy named uh, Tim Tebow. Put up good fantasy numbers with him. He was a very good wide receiver when he was the number one for Tim Tebow. So, well, anyway, it'll be interesting to see how that uh, that shakes out. Julian Edelman still looking for a home, Mike. And I got to tell you, something I think about Julian Edelman, he means more to the New England Patriots than he'll mean for any team in the NFL. I really believe that, and I think the New England Patriots probably gave him uh, a fair deal than what he. Look, he's making his rounds. He's going everywhere. Uh, the Ravens, the Niners, the Browns. Uh, I, I have a feeling that these teams are all telling him the same thing. Uh, we're not going to pay you. We're, we'd like yeah, to have you, stay at home. but we're not going to we're not going to pay you that much. And I think his agent is overstating his numbers to these teams. The numbers that he put up were with Tom Brady as your as the you know a heavy workload wide receiver. He's not a hundred catch guy. You know he doesn't have that kind of value. So I think he will end up going back and eating humble pie and going back to New England and taking a very fair deal. You know, look, it's probably the same thing that happened to Wes Welker. Uh, Belichick offered him some money, and he thought he could do better, and, you know, he was able to do better in Denver and and sign with uh, Manning. But Edelman is a little bit different. They offered him a fair deal, and he wanted more. Yeah, and Edelman uh, Edelman's a very talented wide receiver, but uh, he's getting a – you know, let's face it. What, what's his age? He, he's getting up there in age a little bit, so he might only be worth uh, what about three more years? And Edelman, uh, uh, what is he about? What do we got? Oh, oh, IPS driver talking about Decker. He gets Revis twice now. Yeah, no, totally. That's not uh, that's not good for Decker getting Revis uh, getting Revis twice. Um, yeah, Edelman. Uh, yeah, he's getting up there. He's what, twenty six, twenty seven. I thought he was, yeah, I was, yeah, I was thinking 20, 27. 27. So, you know, you know it's, it's going to be tough to teams to want to, uh, for teams to want to carry that on when there's so much coming through the pipeline through uh, the college ranks. Uh, so, uh, you know, especially this year's draft, uh, so many wide receivers. So, Oh, I by the way, this just in. The Ravens are no longer interested in Julian Edelman. Now, there was a report surfaced that after they signed Steve Smith, they still wanted to look at adding Julian Edelman, and that's no longer the case. They are no longer interested uh, in Julian Edelman. Now, before this show happened, Hockey Nick's one-year deal with the Indianapolis Colts. He made his rounds, Mike. He visited the Colts today, and he doesn't leave Indianapolis without signing that one-year deal, $3.5 million. He gets his chance, one chance for Hakeem Nicks to earn a better contract by playing with Andrew Luck. Do you think he has something left in the tank here? This is two New York Giants on your team now. I'm on Bradshaw and Hakeem Nix. Yeah, yeah. He definitely has a lot left in the tank. And uh, as a T.Y. Hilton uh, dynasty owner, that really scares me. But uh, I still think uh, I still think Nix is going to be uh, perfect in that situation because Luck, Let's face it, Luck is very talented in checking off and getting different wide receivers involved, different, getting different uh, tight ends involved. So this could be a really good situation for Hakeem. And, you know, it, it might not take away from Hilton as much as I think it will. So who knows? Well, and, and, that, and that's what the chat room's saying right now, IPS driver saying it will help Hilton, and I totally agree. The projections that I were doing last night, uh, they were without Hakeem Nix, and I kept thinking about, well, you know, he has to fight through the double teams. Reggie Wayne's still there. Uh, But I have, look, T.Y. Hilton really came on in the second half of the year. 83 receptions, 1086 and 5. But if you look at that playoff run, it was impressive. I could see see T.Y. Hilton, uh, depending on the health of Reggie Wayne, I could see T.Y. Hilton putting up a 90-catch year a 90-catch yeah. year because of the chemistry that he really has going. And especially if you have a receiver like Hakeem Nix on the other side of the field to occupy, you know, uh, the other corner, the other safety. You know, draw that other safety and over. And honestly, Scott, you know, that's really going to uh, diminish what Kobe Flaner, his role is as well. I mean, because 
you know, there's going to be so many wide receivers. Then let's face it, Andrew Luck, he's a he's a he's a smart cookie, and he'll well, be they able don't, to they figure don't. out. They don't have that many receivers right now. T.Y. Hilton, Hockey Mix, an unhealthy Reggie Wayne, uh, Dayrick Rogers, Brazil. It's still they're still going to utilize three wide receiver, two tight end sets uh, every play. So it'll be interesting. See, Golden Tate. Let's move on. Golden Tate, Seattle to the new to the Detroit Lions, Mike. And this deal. Yeah. Thank God for Golden Tate going to the Lions because I was all over Golden Tate in the off season last year. You remember this, Mike? And I traded yeah. for him everywhere. <laughs> So I was giving up guys like Aaron Dobson for him. And uh, I was really beating myself over the head for that. And then now it, it's just uh, uh, IPS driver. You're early, Scott. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think he's, he's in a great situation. Listen, here's how it works in Detroit. You have uh, Calvin Johnson on one side. You have Reggie Bush in the backfield and Joy Cabell. And you've got Stafford slinging it around. Well, when you have... Megatron on one side of the ball, on one side of the field, that takes safety help away. You're going to have Golden Tate in one-on-one situations the entire game. The entire game, Golden Tate's going to have one-on-one, and that's dangerous because we don't, you don't really get to see a lot of that with Golden Tate in Seattle. And when you did, he usually made him pay. So uh, Golden Tate automatically earns the star screen label for me. Uh, Transformer reference. You got Megatron on one side, star screen on the other. He'll thrive as a wide receiver, too, in Stafford's offense. I disagree. <laughs> I disagree. We we had the same kind of conversation last year. There was another wide receiver, and I can't – his name escapes me, for Detroit. He was going to be that guy that was going to be able to free up Megatron. Ryan Broyles? No. No? Okay. There was another wide receiver that was that was going to be there for uh, Denver, uh, for Detroit, and it never happened. It never happened, and it became just Megatron, Megatron, Megatron. So I, you know, what I cannot see teams breaking off the double to just guard Golden Tate. Golden Tate is a one-on-one guy. Somebody's going to they're going to. Face him up one on one, and we'll see what happens. Well, yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. I'm look, I'm looking forward to the one on one. I'm looking forward to those one on one matchups. You bump him up into, uh, he, he's a he's a number two wide receiver, and look, uh, dynasty wise, I think he's a uh, you know he's going to be a number three. Redraft ADP sixteen dot one, dynasty ADP sixteen dot five, fifth pick of the sixteenth round in dynasty. That's going way up in redraft for sure, and in dynasty. Uh, five-year, $31 million, $13 million guaranteed. You don't do that uh, for a receiver unless you're really happy to be using him. Uh, look, we already knew about Jeremy Macklin staying in Philly. He signed the one-year deal, $5 million. Bolden staying in San Fran, re-signed two-year deal for $12 million. Riley Cooper staying in Philly, five-year, $25 million deal. Just tons of money. Look, and that this all supports the D-Jack theory here, by the way. Emmanuel yep. Sanders. Uh, he has made his rounds, like, unbelievable. Uh, I thought the New England Patriots were going to sign him last year. The Jets are still interested. Sanders is visiting the Chiefs today. He, he visited. He's really getting around, Mike, and I, I just don't know uh, what he's waiting for, what he's wanting to hear. All I know is this. With Emmanuel Sanders gone in Pittsburgh, Marcus Wheaton becomes one of my new favorite players to target in Dynasty League. This kid uh, is gonna automatically, he's going to automatically step into the wide receiver two role in Pittsburgh. Uh, now, I don't know where Sanders is going to end up. If he ends up in Kansas City, it's a, be- it's a good situation for him. I wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt that. That's not a bad situation for anybody to, to be in. Uh, Bo's not doing much with it, so you know, let's, let, let's see what somebody else can do. Donnie Avery thrived in it, so I imagine Emmanuel Sanders could... Uh, could could do it there. But, look, I just don't know what's taking so long. Everybody has had a look at Emmanuel Sanders, and he's leaving every city. So I, I guess his agent is just asking for way too much money. I don't know what it is. It's greedy. That that could be. I mean, it, it just, uh, you know, it sounds odd. But uh, I, I think a lot of things are going to shape out this week, uh, especially with uh, who you're talking about and those running backs that we've been talking about. A lot of things are going to about this going. week. James Jones, still without a team. The Panthers are now interested. The Jets have been very interested for some time. 
I thought the Panthers were for sure getting Hakeem Nicks. Now, I want to tell you guys something, and everybody in the chat room, I want, I want to show you what's going on in Carolina. I want to show you what's going on in Carolina. Here's what's happened with Carolina. They lost Steve Smith. Brandon LaFell, they've lost the free agency. He had, he's going to sign somewhere. Now he may come back to Carolina. Who knows? Uh, they lost Ted Ginn, or Ted Ginn, however you yes. say it. Ginn, Ginn, uh, to the Cardinals Ginn. three years, 10 weeks. They need uh-huh. a return man. They lost Dominic Hickson to the Bears. The Bears signed 29-year-old Hickson to a one-year deal. So let me tell you what this leaves. This leaves the Panthers with your number one wide receiver being Marvin McNutt. Your number two wide receiver is Tavares King. So this is how far they've fell, Mike. They're, they need desperate, desperate help at the wide receiver position. Well, so you turn yourself to the draft. If you can't help yourself in free agency, you're going to have to do it through trades or through the draft. So number one, potential trade partner for Deshaun Jackson, 128. They have the 28th pick of the first round. I'll tell you what. If you're Carolina, do you want Deshaun Jackson or do you want the 28th pick of the first round? Uh, right now, after getting rid of uh, everybody they've gotten rid of, I, I want the 28th pick and rebuild and see what happens. Yeah, but man, are you going to rebuild with that championship defense? Are you freaking kidding me? A championship defense and Cam Newton, Mike, you should be a Super Bowl contender every year. You don't let wide receivers detract you from a vision of a Super Bowl. You don't go and rebuild if you're the Carolina Panthers. They were they were the number two seed in the freaking NFC. What oh, are you no, talking about? A, a, a wide receiver is a position. Those kids that you just talked about could be very good. They could be very good given the opportunity. They've never been given the opportunity. I'm just saying, if I'm the Carolina Panthers, the last thing I want is a rookie 28th pick. I want a receiver like Deshaun Jackson. Give him to me. Make my offense. It's a younger version of Steve Smith. My offense is already set up for that. So I just couldn't get Steve Smith, just couldn't get the separation that he wants to, used to get. Well, guess what? Deshaun Jackson is still going to get that separation. So I think that's a perfect move I, I for Carolina. Saying, they, are, they are my dance partner, man. They are my dance partner for Deshaun Jackson. Let's move on, though. I don't want to get carried away. Kenny Britt, huh? Uh, the Rams are taking a look. He's been a huge, he's huge disappointment to fantasy owners. Jacoby Jones staying in Baltimore. After after it looked like Jacoby Jones might end up going somewhere else, uh, he ends up re-signing with the Ravens on a new four-year deal. It kind of came out of the blue because everybody was courting. The Giants were courting Jacoby Jones pretty hard because they wanted a veteran wide receiver and they needed a, somebody to return kicks. And you know, it didn't happen. And then all of a sudden, Jacoby Jones back in Baltimore, just like that, where when he was getting a little bit of love. Uh, Brandon LaFell, right. after visiting with the Patriots, we hear the Panthers are willing to re-sign Brandon LaFell. So we'll see about that. Andre Roberts. Well, there you go. go. There you go. Washington Redskins. The Redskins have reportedly signed him to four years, $16 million. $4 million a year for Andre Roberts, Mike. Uh, this deal was a little bit of a surprise for me. I didn't think he was going to be worth that much. But behind Pierre Garçon, uh, he's got an opportunity to, to, to be one of these good draft master type candidates. I don't think he can be an every week type of guy for your redraft league. But I think for a draft master, he could be pretty good. Yeah, I do too. I mean, he's always had capabilities of doing well. And, you know, he shows flashes uh, here and there each week, but he's never been really consistent, and he's been kind of a, a, a an enigma. You know, it's just like, man, this guy's got talent. He, he, I know he can do it. I know he can do it. And then he'll, he'll throw in a one for nine yards or a two for 15 yards or something like that, and, and then you're kind of pissed off. <laughs> uh, let's go on. Andre Caldwell staying in Denver. They reportedly agreed on a two-year deal worth $3.45 million. This makes him a, uh, look, a, a guy that can actually be involved in this offense. You lose Eric Decker, there's a lot of balls to go around at this point, Mike. A lot of balls to go around and no real yeah. additions. So unless they address it in the draft, which, look, they have to. They have to get another wide receiver in the draft, and I'm sure they will. There are so many talented young wide receivers in this draft. They will find Peyton Manning another weapon to go along with Andre Caldwell. Don't get too carried away with that. Dexter McCluster, 
goes to the Tennessee Titans. The dual threat, Dexter McCluster, three-year deal, up to $12 million, $4.5 million in guarantees. It's real impressive for a glorified kick returner, but he is a slash kind of player, Mike. They have him yeah. listed on their depth chart as a running back. Huh. Well, that, yeah. that that's very interesting. But uh, Dexter, I mean, he's always been, you know, lifted different ways and uh, for different fantasy drafts as well. So, and you know, getting, but he, getting, he's... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say the running back position there, uh, it's pretty thin with Sean Green. Uh, Chris Johnson, if he doesn't get re-signed, if you have a Sean Green and a Dexter McCluster, that's kind of a thunder and lightning. That's kind yeah. of an old Tiki Barber, Brandon Jacobs type deal where you have the thumper and then you got their spark plug in the backfield. And Dexter can yep. definitely be a spark plug. Andrew Hawkins. Now, this was a really interesting thing to watch here because the Browns go in and make an offer. They offer the $12 million deal four years for Hawkins. And you're like, wow, that's a lot of money. They want that slot wide receiver for this offense. They want Gordon. They want Cameron. They want Hawkins in the slot, and then they're going to bring in another wide receiver, either through the draft or through free agency. And you're saying to yourself, man, uh, this will be interesting here. Well, the Bengals say, no, they're going to match it. I'm like, what? They're, they're going to match that deal? And then all of a sudden, they change their mind. They say, no, we're not going to match it. So he goes to the Cleveland Browns. Andre Hawkins, Andrew Hawkins, a uh, four-year, $12 million deal for the Browns. That's, it's pretty, pretty impressive, Mike. I, I, was a little, I was a little surprised by that deal. Yeah, that was a little over the top, uh, but they had the money uh, freed up when they lost uh, Michael Johnson. When they lost Michael Johnson, that pretty much uh, gave them the money to uh, go, you know, go offensively. Yeah, we got all these soundtracks. Who's got the soundtracks? Who is doing the 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 phone a friend here? <laughs> can I get can I get something a little new? Can I can I get anything? Um. Oh, anyway, it'll be gone here in a minute. Apparently, okay. apparently, I, apparently, I haven't said the word yet, right? No, you've 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 said it plenty. They're they're getting drunk with you. Oh, I have. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, listen, Don't Nate Burleson, the chat room's getting drunk on me. Nate Burleson, uh very good friends of uh, FF Toolbox here, uh, gave us a call the other day. He said the Titans are uh, are showing some interest. So are the Seahawks. Look, the deal with the Seahawks is this. They have a certain amount of money they're going to spend, and when they didn't spend it on Tate, uh, they're willing to to send it to, to spend it on Rice. They're willing to spend it on Burleson. Uh, there's a very good chance that uh, Nate Burleson could be a Titan or a Seahawk. We're rooting for Nate. Either way, uh, Nate Burleson, friend of FF Toolbox. Uh, what else we have here, Mike? Oh, tight ends. Uh, let me see. Anything going on? Dennis Pittestain in Baltimore. Finley still doesn't have a home. Brandon Myers with the Tampa Bay Bucks. I guess that's uh, uh, kind of a slight on Tim Wright, who I thought is actually pretty good. Garrett Graham staying in Houston, big deal for him, three years, $11 million. I like the Ryan Griffin kid in Houston, too. Pettigrew ended up staying in Detroit. We thought he was going to go to the Jets. And, uh, yeah, that's about it. Owen Daniels still looking for a team. Mike, uh, look, uh, great show tonight, Free Agent Frenzy. I want to tell you about Rotable real quick. Thanks for everybody being in the chat room. Rotable had a great year last year. But we listened to the we listened to the players. There was that pit in the feeling in the bottom of our stomach that we could make Rotable better, uh, and there was a, a, a situation that happened last year with a player who uh, had a great year all the way throughout the year, and then lost to a guy in week 13 who who threw up 260 or 70 points, Mike. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, he goes from a dominator prize to second place, and the second place prize was only a hundred dollars, best record, most points. And uh, we, we really, that really bothered us. And so we have changed that now. First rule, uh, the, instead of two teams advancing to the championship round, we are implementing uh, the four-team playoff, just like we did the Dynasty World Championship. It drew rave reviews. Four teams, Mike, from Rota Bowl are going to go to the league championships to win uh, some big, big money there. And uh, we think that's going to help tremendously for the players that just get that don't get it done, but they play second place. They'll have a, at least a much better prize now in the end. Well, uh, I have my own opinions about that uh, because I, you know, I won my Rotobo and uh, swept it. Very and nice. Didn't have to worry about playoffs and uh, or anything like that. Uh, I think it's nice to keep more involved. I, I really do. It just uh, it just helps the overall contest, in my opinion. 
Um, All right. Well, we're out of time, Mike. We'll have to get your thoughts off the air in overtime. Thank you to everybody being in the chat room. We will see you guys next week when we'll have lots more to talk about here on Red vs. Blue. You've been listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time. All right, we're back here on Red vs. Blue. This is overtime. We're talking about the Rotable Contest with a league dominator here in Michael Trent. Mike, you won your league last year. You cashed the 2000 bucks. Uh, pretty nice. Yes. Now, this year, in order to make this slight change that we had to do, we had to, uh, we had to tweak it a little bit, and here's how we did it. At the end of Week 13, the best team with the best record will get $200. The team with the most points will get $200. If you, are the, if you have both those, you can sweep both those prizes and have $400, right? You can sweep them both. Then all four teams advance to the championship round where you're battling it out weeks 14 through 16 for the league championship. And, uh, Mike, that's where you have a chance for the top prize of 1500 or a free main event team. And second right. place prize is 250 now. We didn't, have, we didn't even have a second place prize last year. Second place is 250 or a free rotable team. Okay. Well, uh, personally, I don't like it. Uh, I don't like it because I spent 13 weeks to make sure that I dominated the league. Uh, and I feel like uh, after 13 weeks that, uh, you know, after after my work that, you know, I should be rewarded. You know, I'm not I'm worried about weeks 14, 15, 16. That, that's, that's all good and well. But, uh, you know, after 13 weeks, three weeks should not determine, in my opinion, three weeks should not determine – the better part of my balance. Yeah. Well, and look, and, and we know that a lot of our high stakes players are going to feel that some of the high stakes players that have been playing in the world championship format for years. Uh, look, we have, we have our own thoughts about it, but here's what, here's what you're, you're battling with Mike in the world of the normal average everyday player that plays fantasy football. And in the world of the people that are listening to me on the radio on in the morning and say, Oh my God, y'all are drafting tonight. This is August. And they're like, you're drafting tonight. I want to draft and they sign up for a league, these guys are all used to what, Mike? They're used to battling in their league playoffs weeks 14 through 16 and making it to the playoffs. When you tell them they just spent more money than they've ever spent on a fantasy league ever, Mike, $279, and then you tell them, oh, no, your season's over. And they're like, well, what do you mean? I had had a great record. Right. And I had uh, had the second most points, uh, or, you know, my season's over? You know, I'm not – what, what do you mean? Oh, well, no. I, I'm not I totally battling, understand I'm not that, Scott. I'm not battling for league prizes anymore? It's a, it's no, a shock totally to their understand. system. And so I we, totally understand we, that. We, we designed the game for the, for, the, for, the, for the player that says we want uh, to, to, to learn about how to make it into the main event. The main event we're not touching, have a man. shot. The main event is for the best players in the world. What we're trying to do is build right. an environment so that they can – play in the main event. And so we want to teach them the ropes and let them battle in that. And I'll tell you what, Mike, we introduced this in the Dynasty World Championship last year, and we had all four teams not only make it to the championship round, but you make it to your league championship round as well. And every single league loved it. And, look, I'm the one that gets to hear the complaints. I'm the one that gets the emails from every league uh, (laughs) across America. And I can tell you that the satisfaction rate for the Dynasty – was off the charts compared to the Rotable. I'm not. I'm not disputing the fact that more uh, more people need to be involved. That's what it's all about. I mean, that's what brings customers in. Getting getting more winners, more winners. I'm concerned about the the fact that uh, not enough is going to be rewarded to the overall winner. What if do you I mean? Uh, my league, well, you were getting. You were getting two thousand last year. In order to help this guy, you were get, you're, you're getting uh, nineteen hundred now. I mean, come on, can you can you really not give up a hundred bucks there? But matter of fact, we decided is to up it. You're actually I... getting yeah, you're actually getting more now, Mike. Because if you don't take that fifteen hundred, I'm gonna we're gonna give you a free main event team, which is valued at sixteen hundred ninety five bucks. So you're actually coming out ninety five bucks ahead now with the new price structure. I didn't even notice that, but yeah, we're giving a we're giving a free main event team. It's your choice. You can get the cash, or you can take the free main event team, uh, and it actually gives you the main event at a $195 discount. 
So basically, uh, the distribution is comes from second from second place. Yeah, we just we, we basically took uh, we we added the second place prize uh, and we took away the regular season second place prizes. So we, we, gotcha. we, we, you have first place prizes in the regular season, but there's no need. And so this is the exact same format we rolled out in the Dynasty. And we said, look, there should be one team rewarded after 13 weeks in this contest. Uh, one team. Now, in the high stakes league, it's a different ballgame. You spend a lot that much money, $1,600. We're making right. sure that the top teams are rewarded. I'm just talking and, about and the Roto Bowl here. But for Roto Bowl, only the top, the best record team, and the most points team are going to get some cash after 13 weeks. No longer, no longer second place record, second place points after 13 weeks. We took that money and rolled it over to a championship prize and put all four teams in instead of two. And so, Got look, it. these Roto, I want to tell you something. For eight years, those Rotable guys, they were used to six teams making the playoffs. Their contest was six teams making the league playoffs. Wow. So we, this, wow. this was a big adjustment for them. So we. Instead of going from six to two, we're we're going back to the four, so we're going back in the middle. We're going to meet halfway, and I think meet that's a good sure. compromise. I, I think um, that's a good compromise, everybody. I uh, I talked to Joey Brown, and uh, he got his uh, he got six hundred of his money, and uh, uh, Kentucky, Kentucky League. Yes, and yeah. I think what I'm going to do, uh, you know, no disrespect to Farrell, uh, but I think. Next year, I'm going to uh, do Brian Harwood's contest in Bowling Green. Huh? I want to do that. Hey, you know, you got uh, really to take a stand, that. Mike. You got to take a stand. If, uh, if you know, look, uh, I've, I'm running a contest now, and I can tell you uh, one of the, the, the things that is uh, utmost important is to be very organized. And when you're managing this many people's money and you're managing this many, yeah. diff- many different types of prizes and this many different types of contests, you have to have a system, and you have money on account. Yep. People leave their money here. Oh, leave it for next year. Oh, put my deposit down. How much do I owe you now? Oh, uh, sign me up for that league. I'll pay you when I get home. Uh, this, wow, all day long, well, all year long, it's kind of like that. And if you've got to stay organized, and then you have to make sure your ducks are in a row and you get these tax forms and all that, gotta, it's, it's not a, a, an easy thing for anybody. And I think what people are no. learning, people that try to start these contests up, they learn that this is not easy by any stretch of the imagination. I'm sure it's not, and uh, but this is two years in a row now that I've heard from two different people that had an issue. I never had a problem with Farrell. I never had a problem. When I won two years ago, boom. I, I mean, I was able to get my money. It was no big deal. But uh, this is two years in a row, though, that I've heard of someone that's had an issue, and I don't, I don't want to test those waters, if you know what I speak. All right, Mikey, that's all the time we have for Red versus Blue. Uh, we will see you guys next week, and thanks for uh, joining right, us in overtime. Hey, good luck to your Let's watch. Good weekend, man. They, can, they can beat Florida, man. They got to get there, but they can do it, man. They can do it. Yeah. Let's just watch some yeah. good basketball, brother. Hey, hopefully Louisville beats Cincinnati. That's going to be a tough test. We'll see you next week. All right, talk to you tomorrow.